What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Council of Greg podcast. We are not the Council of Greg. If you want an explanation for the Council of Greg, you can listen to our first very confusing convoluted episode where we attempt to explain it. Or you can listen to our interview with Mr. Zane Daniel, where we have a more concise explanation of who the Council of Greg is. I am Stephanie and I am the only one here today. Everyone else's life is imploding at the moment, but I am joined with a wonderful person named Nicholas Barron. And we actually met him through Zane's Higher Self Expo. And we want to talk to him today. So thank you. Welcome, Nicholas. Thank you, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. So like many folks out there, I was uh, in the nine to five. I call it the nine to five comfort zone uh, or, 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 you know, the nine to five work life uh, zone and was in the corporate world doing what many people were doing and back in uh, in my SAP return 2010 had a very strong intuitive feeling that this trajectory was not my trajectory this life that I was living wasn't what I was meant to be doing and it was just really a sense and a feeling I did have absolutely no clarity in what I was meant to be doing it was just the, the message that came in at that time was this is not going to be your life and I was like okay that's great thank you for providing that illuminating clarity to me what is it that I'm going to be doing and I just got deafening silence for a few months until further synchronicities unfolded in my life. My mother ended up passing over that year. It wasn't unexpected. She had had cancer for three years, but unfortunately um, she ended up passing over. And at a retreat that I was at where I was kind of with the grief and, you know, what does it mean to lose someone that, you know, is a significant person in my life and really kind of dealing with death and loss and uh, all of that, which, you know, is a part of living. I was also just sharing with people very openly in the retreat. I have no idea what it is I'm going to be doing with my life. I had gone through a spiritual awakening back in 2006 through reading one of the Cryon books, which is a channel, he's like a channeled entity. And the resonance of that that book obviously activated me. At the time, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I didn't understand a word of it, but energetically, there was something that touched me. And um, at, anyway, going back to the going back to the retreat, I was had just been going through my own personal journey, my own personal process, and had no intention or in, in any kind of idea that I would be supporting other people. But at that retreat, I ended up meeting a retreat leader and he ended up hiring me to help work uh, within his organization called Be Free, Be Free Events, which is all about helping activate people's intuition, helping them follow their heart, helping them orientate through feeling and sensation rather than through thinking and over kind of rationalization or critical thinking or, or only using that. So I went from one extreme corporate world and I went into the other extreme, which was, you know, follow your feeling and see where it goes or see where it leads you. <laughs> so two years in working with him, which was awesome because I learned so many amazing things running events 
helping the coaching team there, opening my skill set in ways that I had no idea, basically transitioned into helping people transform energies. I was doing energy healing work at the time. I had studied a whole lot of different modalities and I had a natural gift of reading energy, perceiving energy and being able to transform it. But what I realized was actually, wouldn't it be more awesome if I could share or teach people how to do it themselves? So I moved out of being a healer into basically being a guide. That was probably, the, that is the best label that I can use really, which is really supporting people to tap into their own innate wisdom, their own gifts and helping them kind of ground that in. So, you know, doing visioning work, helping them access what I call a soul blueprint or a destiny path, which is what is it that you've come to explore, to live, to express in this world, in this lifetime? And what are some of the key challenges that you at a being level have chosen to face in this life and helping people kind of really shift their perspective that the things, the most difficult things or the biggest challenges in your life are actually there to help you grow and expand so that you can then offer that wisdom to others in your life and open up new pathways to humanity at this time. So my work evolved more into actually helping other people step into their own innate leadership and to be energetically orientated. So spiritually and multidimensionally open, but at the same time grounding that in to their life in a very practical way. So building projects, creating things, offering things. So not just kind of being in the spiritual world from a place of escape or trying to feel good, but actually bring that energy into the tension of reality and life and use it to actually manifest, create, transform, and sometimes be in very difficult places. But, you know, be able to be in the witness and observer space and be able to hold compassion and love. So in a sense, kind of bringing all of that wisdom into action. And that, and that has been amazing. And now my life is actually transformed further because I ended up going on a three-year uh, soul safari, I guess, going around the planet, visiting intentional communities, but visiting many sacred sites, all the different pyramids, stone circles, uh, natural vortices around the planet. And in a sense, kind of going all of this beautiful ancient wisdom that has been on the planet for a long time, the ancients, our ancestors, the guardians and custodians of the past that have wanted to leave a legacy and leave clues to what is possible for humanity in the future time. And we're at that future time now, we're at the beginning of a new cycle. So the intentional community exploration that I I was going into is in a sense who are the groups of people that are looking at living in a new way looking at creating society from a new perspective and part of the work now that i'm moving into is what i call divine civilization blueprint creation or how can we collaborate and co-create together using universal law natural law bring our gifts talents and abilities together recognizing that we all have a part to play no one can do this by themselves to really transcend competition really transcend the sense of superiority and inferiority and I guess really kind of live in that oneness of just recognizing that I am an aspect of the one and so is everyone else how can we bring it together so that there's this one body of humanity kind of working together so that's kind of a, a kind of a brief kind of synopsis uh, of what's been going on for the last kind of 14 years. I've just been here smiling and shaking my head because what you just described is the same mission that we are on and the same approaches that you're taking and bringing it back down into the 3D and grounding it yes. is the same approach we're doing. But yes, we, like if I were to be a coach or to be in a position where you are like a leadership, which we are, we're just doing it a little bit different way. Like everything that you described is exactly the mission, the same same thing that I want to see happen. And Yay! I love that. I know. <laughs> and I love how you're talking about the conscious communities. And that's mm -hmm. where you're focusing now. I know there's a little bit of talk out there about it, but there's, I don't know, there's either not people showing examples or they're not getting the word out in a way that's making sense. Yeah. At the moment, look, there's definitely, there is a lot going on. There's all sorts of different communities, but it's quite um, fragmented, really. Mm -hmm. You've got groups of people yeah. that kind of, well, I don't like, 
like the world that I'm living in, so I want to get away from it and create my own little utopian kind of place. But it's not really necessarily connect thinking about it from a, from a collective evolutionary perspective, which is okay. How can we create something that is going to be the benefit for everyone? It's often more. Um, I don't like my life the way that it is. I'm going to find a group of people that also see it in that way, and that's just we're going to create our own little thing over here. And often it's not really integrated back into the collective. So what I'm seeing is actually lots of different communities. They might have their own flavors. They may have slightly different intentions, slightly different reasons for existing. But there's a communication web that exists between them, and you know mutual support, mutual education. Sharing of resources, ideas, concepts, and in a sense, working together for that collective vision. Because ultimately, the people that are in the mainstream world that are living in the nine to five, they've got a job. They're basically selling their time for money. Often, they're not necessarily doing something that really lights them up. Of course, there are always exceptions, and of course, there's a scale of what's the word I'm thinking of um, satisfaction. That's the word, <laughs> a scale of satisfaction. So obviously, it's not like it's not black and white. There's obviously a huge grey area there as well. However, um, people in that reality they don't know or are aware that there is any other reality. So I think having these physical grounded examples of what is possible gives people at least the option of going. There is another way. The other side of it is also people that have gone through an awakening experience start to very quickly realise that living in a city environment or living in the way that I used to live doesn't serve me anymore. And you can feel the vibration. Dissonance, but often there isn't an alternative, really. So you've got kind of people wanting to kind of take that next step. Often people creating their own thing, but not necessarily doing it in a place of unity or coming together or, or working together for a collective vision. You've still got a lot of people in the spiritual community that are creating their own offerings, still operating in that competition paradigm of, "Hey, look at my work! I've got this going on here." Get you know whether it's coaching or healing or whatever it is, but it's still playing in that kind of. Uh, lack competition scarcity kind of paradigm, not really necessarily coming together. Going, how can we bring this together in a win-win way? I feel like there's a lot of people that are in that limbo in between because that's kind of where I am too. Because I I know what kind of community we need. I have this vision for what the world could be and what it will look like in the future if we do have this conscious, you know, community where we're working together and we're working as one. But yet here I am isolated with nobody really close to me locally that has that same vision or at least that I know about uh, because even in this this Council of Greg podcast, we are all in different states in the United States. So there are several hundred to thousand miles between us. So for us to try to communicate or to grow some sort of community like that, it's very challenging. I mean, Absolutely. and that's kind of the problem I'm in right now is because I want to have something different and I want to have this different lifestyle, but I'm still caught in that old paradigm because there's not enough room to completely switch and step out. Yeah. And we're in that kind of, there is a limbo <laughs> space. Absolutely. Um, the other thing also to be mindful of is that we're going, like even for the intentional communities out there, they're not necessarily all aligning to what I would call the new earth paradigm way of living because there's still a lot of shadow elements. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That need to be integrated in this first phase of, let's say, the new earth unfoldment, there's got to be a willingness and a, and a resiliency within people to recognize that there's going to be shadow stuff, 
that's going to be part of the process. It's not going to always be love and light and everything's amazing. And you've actually got to see it as an evolutionary step. Like I'm going to be shown all sorts of stuff about myself that maybe I wasn't aware of because I'm now living in close proximity with people. And obviously you get to know people at a much deeper level. If you're living with them, you're not always going to see or always just the, the good stuff, right? You're going to see all of it. And depending on where they're at, most people project their level of integration being more than actually what it is because we are actually not fully aware of what's in our unconscious right because mm -hmm. it's unconscious we can't see it it's only through the dynamic living of life that we get the reflections notice the energies notice how i'm actually experiencing or responding to life that i get a more accurate reading of okay this is actually where i'm at Actually, I do have anger issues or I do have abandonment and rejection stuff going on or, you know, and it's all normal. This is all part right. of the, the collective human soup. It can be a, an issue if someone has created a spiritual identity where they believe, but I'm the spiritually evolved person and I don't have a shadow anymore. Uh, that can be a problem. So community living or this next step isn't necessarily going to always be love and light, but it will be a very powerful mechanism through which people can actually transform and trans transition where they are if they see it in that way. Yes. You know, and we have a lot of discussions about the love and light community because there are a lot of people that want to stay in the love and light. They don't want to look at the shadow or the darkness is bad. So let's push it away. Let's ignore that. That's not us. We have to stay in this high vibe frequency. You know, a lot of the discussion about what's evil, what's not evil is just energy. I mean, that we've, we've had a lot of discussions about that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because even in these conscious communities, we're still going to have that shadow. We still have our work to do. Yeah. And it's not like that it, it needs to be, let's say, in the forefront of focus, but it's to recognize that as we are moving towards a vision that is going to enable every person to actually grow and evolve that the shadow integration aspect is just going to be a natural part of the growth process mm -hmm. you know and so it's not like we need to necessarily have it as a front and foremost focus but just it's going to be there it's going to be part of the process we welcome it when it comes into the space we've got the tools and the capacity and the ability to recognize it and we're going to commit to it and, and from that place it's actually a very beautiful journey because when we're building relationships relationships with people, we can actually really cherish joyfully the, the journey that you go on someone. Because I think when we develop real intimacy, which is into me, you see, right? Intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm going to show you just what's here. And I'm not judging any of it as good or bad. It just is what it is. It just, this is how it is. And in the acceptance of that and in the holding of that and in my commitment to evolve and also in my commitment to see you in your ever evolving journey and process that we get to really enjoy this journey that we're going on and also recognize that who, the version of me that you get to experience now is going to be, I'm going to be a different person. You're going to be a different person in two, three, four months time anyway, and we'll experience each other from a new perspective. And that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of the statements and things you're saying remind me of Tantra. Do you study Tantra? Are you? No. No, I don't all. actually. No. Okay. No. Um, yeah, I've, I guess the path that I'm on, it's not really one prescribed path. Okay. I haven't actually followed path. I really feel that this life for me has been, how can I access the natural beingness of who I am? And through the path of self-empowerment, trust myself or trust my higher self to guide me. And so there've been certainly pieces, you know, there's been certainly aspects of Buddhism, uh, mm -hmm. the path of the mystic, even Christian mysticism, Kabbalah, uh, all sorts of stuff that have resonated. And when it's come into my life and into my path, I've allowed myself to immerse myself into that, but I don't really kind of buy into one way. I guess that's been a big lesson for me in this life. It's like there is multiple ways. There's an infinite number of ways and I can trust life to wreck, to bring to me what it is that I need to engage with in this moment. And that may be use, useful right now. And it may not be useful one year in the future. Maybe something else will be more useful. And it's to really stay in that open receptive space which is more of the feminine to recognize that as I go into the feminine receiving, when something comes into my life, I can then, 
use the masculine to then engage with it, take the inspired action or commit to it, focus on it, uh, say yes to it. It's like, don't give my power away to the path, but allow the path to actually just show me how I can dive deeper into my true nature, into the true nature of eternal beingness. <laughs> okay, so you we're just this conversation is naturally flowing where I wanted it to go essentially because you just brought up the uh, feminine and masculine. So I'm curious, what is your definition of those two aspects? So all of us have both, just to be clear. So if you're in a male form or in, you're in a female form, you've got masculine and feminine in you. You may have a natural propensity to express one more, more than the other. But for me, the feminine is the receptivity, the nurturing, the allowing, the opening. And just to kind of give that a shape, it's like spiral, circle uh, in nature. Whereas the masculine is more focused it's more directional it's like an arrow or a triangle or even a square so it's a little bit it's more it's more based around structure you know so for example it's like if the masculine is the container that's kind of holding it the feminine is the wild intuitive unpredictable chaotic force that dances within the container okay and in a sense it's like in in, in my experience of really speaking uh, with women out there i think when 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 the feminine feels most safe most comfortable in knowing that the masculine can really hold her or hold any part of her the chaotic part the unpredictable part the really emotional part uh, all of that if, if she can feel that all of that is welcome then the full richness of her expression can really come into the into the space and and for the masculine, it's like it's it's being able to hold it. You know, it's it's like it's the presence. It's the it's being able to just be with what is. You know, it's like being the anchor. Being able to doesn't matter how ca ca crazy or chaotic the energy is. It's like, yep, I can be with it. I can hold it. I can I can appreciate it. And um and that's um yeah you know that's perhaps maybe a different way expressing it but it's really looking at it from an energetic perspective rather than it being from a form perspective because a lot of the definitions within our human collective of what does it mean to be masculine or feminine from my perspective are quite distorted for me it's about coming back more to the energetic blueprint or even universal that's why i just brought in some of the sacred geometric forms just to give people a sense you know the triangle the square versus the circle or the spiral and just the feeling of those shapes so in this container, the masculine being able to be okay with the feminine when she's wild and crazy and out there, uh, that seems to be a struggle right oh, yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and even in this group, because there's three of us that are women, and we we always feel like the the masculine that is presenting to us as we do this work. Like sometimes the masculine will step up, but there are times where we feel like, okay, where are you? You're not being that container that makes us feel comfortable so we can go out there and do what we need to do. So what kind of tips do you have for the men out there that could help them get into that position or see that it's okay to be with the feminine? when she's in that energy yeah i think well there's a few things the first thing would be to really for for a man i think the beauty of a man really is revealed when he can be in his full strength and presence but have a very open compassionate heart so it's not like the masculine is shielded or defending it's like i can actually open myself into the chaos but trust that i can hold it but in order to be able to do that the masculine aspect has to dive really deep within himself first obviously you can't really be with something or you can't give something to someone else unless you've been there within you know been there yourself so it would be an invitation for men to dive into all all of their own suppressed feelings what is it that they're not willing to look within themselves um and that may also be engaging with their own suppressed inner feminine to actually engage with that um and to engage with all of all of the different filters shadow aspects and to clean and clear out 
all of the distorted energies that happened during childhood, you know, the, 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 the father, the mother, and be able to go through a forgiveness to come back into a balance point so that the person can actually be in their adult, their adult masculine, not, not be caught up in a wounded uh, boy aspect. So I think there's a lot of dynamics that often play out with uh, men and women where, for example, the man might get triggered into his little boy and then is looking for the female to, be, to play that nurturing role because he never received the love from his mother that he was looking for, right? Mm -hmm. And so unless you do the inner work, then those dynamics are just going to keep playing out. And, and it can be in business relationships as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be in an intimate relationship. Right. So um, it really does require, it, it requires that deep dive. And, and look, you know, if there is a triggering or there is that role that happens, it's how can I bring compassionate awareness in the moment to the best of my ability so that I can integrate that aspect? With compassion and acceptance, not make it wrong, not judge it. And but but the benefit is that the next time that something like that unfolds, there's a high level of integration. So the probability of the masculine being able to hold the feminine increases. As you're speaking and talking about this, the only thing I think of is okay, how do you get people to pay attention to that? How do you get them to the point where they're willing to do that deep dive? Like if you have the corporate nine to five person, they're unhappy. I mean, obviously that's what you do, right? You're you're trying to get their attention. Um, but and I just I feel like there's a big disconnect because there's a lot of people out there saying this and marketing and attempting to get the attention, but it's like you have to have that dark night of the soul or you have to have that awakening or come crashing down before any of that is going to happen. And Correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot of people that are there right now. And I don't know, the discussion we had in our last recording was about what is out there for the men or those who are looking to get into this divine masculine aspect. Um, because I have sons, Welsa has sons, and we're looking for things that can help us to help them so they are growing up in this nurturing way that is going to help them bring out that divine masculine and there's really not a lot that we can find that is out there to help guide men especially in stepping into that there is i mean look i, I know quite a few wonderful men all at different ages as young as you know 30s i know some men in their late 70s that really are beautiful, incredible guides for men. It's not my work personally, but I'm blessed just to have connected with some of them. So I don't know if it, could, if it, if it helps, I can certainly maybe put together uh, some options and at least, you know, because again, like everything, it's all about relationships, it's all about connection. It's all about what you're With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. But one of the biggest problems, which you kind of alluded to, is we don't actually have a lot of opportunity for young people to have role models or to connect with men or women. It's actually right. both, both sides, right. really, that can guide them on the initiations to go through the different initiations for, for them to know like how can i step into the best version of myself as a man as a woman or utilizing those energies in whatever capacity there isn't there isn't that there is very little guidance there is very little uh support and and as you said often it requires a person's life to crumble and to crash and burn before there there 
even open to the idea of, okay, what's going on? How can I actually get myself back together? And sometimes then the mentor will, will appear. So um, there is stuff out there, but again, it's like you've got to kind of look for it, you know? I'm happy to put something together of different men that I've come across over the years that specialized in that, in that work, you know, if that's going to help people to kind of find someone that will vibe with them. Yeah, that would be great. And we could put it in the show notes and we have it for whatever we do that it may come in use for. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe yeah. someone might go, cool. I'd love to connect with some beautiful, you know, for me, like, you know, the men that really are the, the guides, you know, have an open heart. They've done the inner work. You can see that kind of, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's like a, a presence that emanates through their eyes. It's like a piercing, firm strength, but it's a compassionate, allowing energy that's like, I can be and hold no matter what's going on. Yeah. And that's what we need more of. Definitely. And just as I was going over your website, because I looked through all of your offerings, and there were a few things that caught my attention and just some of the wording. So do you channel or not? <laughs> I So I, I channel frequencies, mm-hmm. um, which is, so I would call myself more of a frequency channel. However, for example, in the groups that I've run, I've often included what I call like an intuitive reading. And then what I've done is I've said to people, here are some questions that I could ask on your behalf. Feel free to add questions in, feel free to change the questions. And what I do is I'll drop into a very neutral space and information comes, it does come through. So in a sense, I am channeling because it's not me thinking it. The information comes through. I record it as a voice memo. I share it with people and they, and they've always gone, wow, that was really amazing. That really supported me with where I was at. So I don't really share or tell people I am a channel. I just see that as a part of the many different things that I do. And I, I really sort of share, I'm more of a guide and I've got all these other things in the background that I can utilize if I need to. Okay. So how would you say that you channel frequencies then? What I do, or let's say the work that I do, I create um, energetic containers. So for example, uh, the circle is a, is a common uh, shape, mm-hmm. but I often use other, I often use the macabre field, all different types of things. Sometimes if I'm about to go on a journey with someone, I'll ask, you know, our higher selves, what sort of sacred geometric form could we use that would be most relevant and useful for this person? I then kind of infuse it with different energies. Sometimes the energies will be very clear. Like for example, we're going to infuse divine power, clarity, unconditional love, support. Sometimes the energies are much more abstract. I don't even know what, I can't, there's no label for them. They'll come to me perhaps in a color or sometimes in some kind of pulsating geometric form. And then I'll put them into the container and then infuse that energy into the space. So then what happens is when I'm working with people, I bring them into the container and then the actual container, which is kind of like a car, it's like a vehicle, will start to work with their energy field over that period of time, whether it's two months or three months or whatever it is. And their consciousness starts to go through an upgrade. So then their emotional body, their mental body, their physical body, and also their light body starts to change as the vehicle that we're in, which is this frequency container, starts to, it's an like a living intelligence, it starts to work with them. So it's both, yes, there can be energy, uh, beings involved as well, but it's also just the intelligence of the frequencies themselves that is working with them. And it's obviously different for every person depending on what they need at that time. And that's why it's such an intuitive process that you completely, work with, right? It's completely, right. absolutely. Right. So so, so to, just to kind of give you a sense, it might be I drop into the void, voidal space, so opening the heart into a voidal space, and I may ask, I'll be like, okay, what frequencies will be of the highest and best for this person over the next two or three months? And then I might get, there's eight different energies, and I'll be great. Okay, what are they? And then they'll come in, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, great. Put them into the space, and then I'll activate them, amplify them, and then, you know, then the vehicle's done. So it's, it's not me thinking it. I just ask ask a question, the information drops in. It just, it's, a, it's like an unfoldment, an unfolding process that happens over a period of time. And then while this is unfolding, you're working on the practical steps. Absolutely. Everything that would go with a regular coaching program and working through the shadow and- Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm working, I'm sharing with them more about the tools, the tools and techniques that they need to 
use and then I help them integrate it. They then share with me how it is for them. What are they noticing? What is shifting and changing? We make tweaks and adjustments so that when our journey is over, they can continue the journey. They can continue the process and they feel like I sort of say to people, if you're 85% equipped to move forward in your life, I think that value is, is enormous. And perhaps, of course, there are going to be situations and maybe experiences that come in, into your life in the future that you may need additional support around. But I think if you've got 85% of it covered, a 15% might need to reach out. I think that's incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. It is. As you're saying that, I'm just thinking about your different programs and the experience. When I've gone through programs and worked with people, it seems like the three month mark, I mean, obviously you can make a lot of change and progress in that three months, but it's like at the end of the three months, you're at this point where if you don't continue the work and the guidance, it's a crapshoot whether you're going to continue or you're going to regress. So like the longer programs, like the six month, 12 month seem to be better because you have that extra guidance. I mean, is that what you're finding too? Or is it the work that you're doing, you can get them to that point where they're kind of sustaining it after that three months? It depends on what they're creating. So for example, what a lot of people underestimate again is what are the different shadow aspects that I need to move through, particularly if you're wanting to create offerings or if you're wanting to put stuff out there, there, there's often a lot of different shadow aspects around doubting yourself, capability issues, being consistent, doubting yourself, self-worth, value stuff comes up. And also, you know, there are just natural cycles of expansion, contraction, expansion, Mm -hmm. contraction. And so what happens is people, none of us can actually predict what that's going to be like. Right. So if you're creating stuff, then in my experience, you need more time. You need more time to be able to integrate it, need time to be able to be able to go through some of these contractions and to be guided through them and to learn from them so that in the future that you, if you've got that experience, you've got that reference point. Whereas if you do a two or three month, you could potentially just go through an expansion and actually not go through a contraction, feel amazing, feel really, really empowered, get some really great progress, but potentially when that container is not there anymore or the support is not there, potentially you then go into a contraction and then actually lose momentum. Sometimes working with someone for, I think it's six, six to 12 months in the long term is a better investment rather than kind of just going, I'll just go for the two or three months and maybe getting an expansion, but not necessarily going through the full process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Because I know there's a lot of three-month programs out there and I know they do great work and there's a lot of reasons why people do the three-month. There, There is, you're right, there is that cycle. And if we're not going all the way through that cycle with assistance or guidance through that entire thing, then it's kind of a waste of money. Well, you could be, yeah. Yeah, it could be. It, it, it yeah. could be. Depends, but right. you know, yeah. If you're if you're going just going to go back into your old reality, then then yeah, it was the soul blueprint, this authentic natural self, the soul expression that you do. Uh, is there any specific technique to that, or is it just like your normal coaching and this energetic channeling? Are you using anything? In particular, I would say that you know I tell I say to people that when you can get into in when you can get into resonance with your soul blueprint, which is already all there, it's not like you need to work anything out, right? And commit to aligning to your authentic self. So in a sense, your life will naturally start to work, right? So mm-hmm. it is it isn't like there's a five step process and then that's going to be turned on and then everything's going to work. Actually, it's it's like what I've realised is if I can hold people in a container uh, for a period of time one of the gifts that I've got is that I'm a what I call a soul catalyst right which just means that at a being level part of the role that I'm here to do is that when I'm working with people my energy field catalyzes their energy field so that what they are here to do unfolds so that's just an innate ability that's not something that anyone taught me how to do um, it's just it is just who I am it's just an isness of me now I've kind of had to work out how do I express that in a way so that that catalyzing process is amplified and it has maximum value and benefit. So what I realized was, okay, I need to do some mindset shifting. There needs to be 
concrete, grounded uh, daily practice and inspired action as, uh, elements where the person is grounding in this new reality every single day and then sharing with me what it is that is actually unfolding so that they're not just having a session, then going back to their old life and then having another session and this is kind of disconnect. So I've got to, I realize I've got to connect them in every single day to the work and to me for that to really accelerate. And that I've noticed is something that naturally unfolded. It was kind of through trial, trial and error, but I realized like, oh wow, people are getting really, really better results when they're focusing every single day on an agreed daily practice and they're taking other inspired action steps to actually align their life into what I would say that is their soul blueprint. So there's that. Then there's the energy work, which I teach them how to do, but in the actual um, sessions, there's always a component where we go through a bit of a catalyzing experience so that more of them can come into the space. Because also we don't want to catalyze too much all at once because otherwise it's like that deathing process can be really full on. So it's better just to do it a little bit over a period of time. So it's in, it's manageable, it's integratable. Otherwise it's like, oh my God, this person's reality literally is crumbling and they've got no new reference points of anything. And that can be really scary actually. Right. So there is the, so then there's the, um, there's the energetic work. Then there's the visioning elements starting to tap into future timelines or to start to tap into what is it that they see is possible for them. And often it's just, it's, it's what I call, it's like fragments of a mirror that come in. So I say to them, this process is actually an ever evolving journey. It's not static. It doesn't just end once we've done a tune in, right? It, it, it's something that you need to continue and preferably every three to six months drop in again. Are there any new elements to the vision that's dropping in as my frequency rises, as I expand my consciousness, now I can perceive more of what was already there. So the visioning element is another aspect. So that's just, yeah, to give you a little bit more of a sense. It's not really traditional coaching, which is more just asking people questions, then coming to self, then coming to the realization, right, of the things that are blocking them, the things that are resisting them, the things that are in their way in order for them to move forward, which is more of a achievement. It often has the overarching element of achievement, becoming more, getting something. Whereas the work that I'm doing is actually about emptying yourself out letting go of all the constructs to see what is a naturally is naturally there and working with your higher self and working with synchronicity to create the life that you always wanted to create so it's, it's a different paradigm actually what is your sign i'm a gemini you're, oh really okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. i'm an air sign yeah. okay i'm aquarius i'm like okay you're speaking my language i get this <laughs> Because we are, we uh, we have everything we need. It's just hidden by all this conditioning. And it's just pulling back all that conditioning to see what's really there. Exactly. And just to recognize that we all have it. We've inherited it. It's been here for a long time. Part of the process is to um, unplug ourselves, really. Mm -hmm. It's like we've unconsciously consented or agreed to a lot of things. And a lot of it is just not useful. And a lot of it is not in alignment with who we truly are. Unless we are willing to take responsibility for that process, you're going to live a life that's not really in alignment so we've got to take we've got to do the due diligence of going okay what have i unconsciously agreed to whether it was through my family my schooling my education religions or society groups that i've aligned myself with and to take that responsibility and it's a process and a journey mm -hmm. you were talking i had a thought but i was listening to you and i let it go i don't remember what it was it was something about that process i don't know um is there anything in particular that you want people to know about what you do or a specific message that you want to get out? The, the, the message that feels really alive for me at the moment is the more that we can drop into our hearts and recognize that thinking or trying to think our way out of the problems that we have is never really going to happen. It's, it, it's always limited. We can use discernment. We can, we can use critical thinking as tools to support our intuitive process. But ultimately, if we can tap into the natural intuitive guidance of our heart that is connected into the eternal beingness of who we are, that is connected to a divine, a natural divine orchestration that is naturally unfolding anyway, then a lot lot of the issues and problems in our life will naturally resolve if we're willing to engage with them. Everyone out there has something special to offer and has something to contribute. If we can see each other from that perspective of our, our natural magnificence, of our natural
beautiful beauty of the love that resonates within our hearts, a lot of craziness of this world will naturally start to dissolve. And we can all be celebrated for our magnificence and for what it is that we can contribute. And so can everyone else. And a lot of the paradigms of separation, lack and limitation will naturally move into the background. And we will then experience more of a oneness experience or a high level of truth, wisdom and divine power that can come through. And naturally our society will then reflect that. So that's really the message that I would like to share with everyone. Okay, and my thought was about uh, synchronicity, which you you kind of touched on that. Because when we step into this more natural, authentic self and we start opening up, then we do live in a more synchronistic life. Things do start to happen and open up and there is more of a flow and we don't have as much what, resistance. And even though there are things that will come up that maybe we aren't planned and there is some chaos, but it's a different kind of chaos. And it's there's more of a flow to it where you can move around it or overcome it in a different way instead of the um just the hectic crazy that comes when you're yeah. not in alignment or, or feeling like this is the only reality that's available to me you know feeling stuck <laughs> feeling right. um kind of glued to it because because chaos is actually a natural order of the universe we, we're, we're always moving through chaotic nodal points because the chaos is what breaks the old up. So sometimes there's chaos in your life. We can reframe that and go, cool, something that wasn't useful for me is being break is, is breaking up right now. And yeah, that feels uncomfortable, but ultimately that's going to be the fertilizer for the, the next cycle of creation that I'm moving into. And that's a really beautiful thing. And that's usually where I find people or when I'm like attracted to them or they're attracted to me is in that chaos point. Cool. Where then we have to move out for them. <laughs> Maybe not exciting for them, but it's fun for me because I get that. I'm like, ooh, we get to play here. Yeah. And create from everything that has fallen apart. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you have going on right now other than their conscious community stuff? Or I mean, because you said that's your focus. So what else are you focusing on? Well, there's quite like there's the Higher Self Expo, which is happening on the uh, 18th of July and encourage everyone to join into that. That would be amazing. There's lots of great speakers. It's going to be a 24-hour live broadcast, um, Australia, Australia, Asia, Europe, and then obviously the Americas. So I'm involved in that. Um, I'm kind of, you know, in this transition myself where I'm putting more of my energy into how can I support people that want to be leading, I guess, the newer paradigm projects like community building or supporting them to align their gifts, talents and abilities to manifest projects that are going to support the unfoldment of this new paradigm. Um, working to, for example, the new Magi project, which is spelled N, N from Nelly, U-M-A-G-I, which is based in Australia. I'm also involved in other groups like the Oceana Restoration Fund, which is the restructuring of societies all around the planet. But I'm specifically looking or involved in the Australian or Australasian component of that. So there are things going on behind the scenes that people will probably find out more about in the future. But, you know, they're building momentum, they're cultivating inertia uh, in the background. But really, you know, uh, there's the Lionheart Path, which is the website that I've got. If people want to access information, you know, receive free resources, also work with me one-on-one, -on -one, they can connect with me there. Um, I'm happy to jump on a call and kind of tune into, you know, what is it that this person needs right now that will be in the service of their being's evolution? And what is it that they can contribute to the New Earth paradigm? So that's probably... You know, those are the different areas that I would say are most relevant in the transition that I'm that I'm going through at this point. So we've met you through say, or we connected with you through Zane and his Higher Self Expo. So, can you explain that a little bit more? What that is? Sure. Yeah. So, the Higher Self Expo, uh, this particular edition of it, because there's been multiple editions, is where science meets uh, spirituality. So, we're really looking at bridging these two different paradigms together, because really, science and spirituality, in a sense trying uh, you know they're, they're they're looking at reality from slightly different perspectives and using different languages and terminologies to in a way sh share the same thing and there has been a rift obviously over the last probably four or five hundred years of these different domains but really there is a coming together of it so this conference really is wanting to bridge those two realities and go well how can how does science and spirituality meet so for example i'm going to be doing a talk myself as well as be one of the co-hosts of that event where i'm going to be talking about morphic fields, resonance patterns, um, which is looking at quantum physics and, the, and metaphysical realities from a practical way, actually. Like how can we transform 
heal, manifest, but doing it more from a science perspective. So I'm going to be talking a little bit more about how can I, as this um, vehicle, this, this, um, I've obviously got a, a physical body, but I've got all of these energetic fields and energetic bodies. How can I use them to access the quantum field to then bring in different energies that can then create a tangible result in this reality? So that's what I'm going to be talking about. And there's lots of other amazing speakers that are talking about all, you know, neuro, neuroscience, um, and all sorts of incredible things. Again, exploring that theme where science meets spirituality. Awesome. And that is, it's July 17th and 18th? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's 24 hours. And that's 24 hours. Yeah. And it's a free event with donation. That it's correct? a free event. That right. is correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. People can tune in and if you can make a donation, that's awesome. But it's open to everyone. And ultimately, we wanted to really support the raising of consciousness on the planet at this time. So everyone is welcome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I love how it's talking about that science and spirituality because there are a lot of people that think that it doesn't intersect. Sure. But it does. And I mean, well, that's the, kind of where we are too and what we're trying to get out there as well. Look, the thing is, it's like as the tools and as the measuring devices that we've got get more sophisticated, then, then scientists are able to perceive things that they weren't otherwise able to perceive. The big shift for science is recognizing that there is an intelligent consciousness, whatever you want to call that, you know, source, divinity, that is permeating and interfacing with everything. And I think science is, and look, there are scientists that are actively actually now openly sharing that that does exist. Now, the old school scientists see everything as a mechanical, biological machine and basically say that there isn't any kind of omnipresent universal intelligence that is orchestrating or moving through everything and everyone. And I guess that's that's kind of the, the, the conflict or the attention point. But as science evolves as well, and as the measuring devices that they have improves and evolves, and as quantum physics also is developing and evolving, then these paradigms are merging. Awesome, Nicholas. Um, so I could sit here and probably ask you questions and pick your brain all day long, because there's a lot more that I want to ask you, but I want to respect your time too, because I think Josh told you just an hour. Yes. Uh, so are there any final thoughts or anything else you want to leave as we wrap it up? Maybe just the final, let's say, final thought. This is just a dropping into the space, intuitive opening in, in, into the moment is if we all come back and recognize that my authentic self, my authentic nature, my natural beingness already knows how to live the most awesome life. If I can do that, that is actually making the biggest contribution to humanity and the planet at this time, because that means that you get to play the role that you were meant to play on earth at this time and contribute in a way that other people can benefit from that then allows them to go through a transformational consciousness expansion that then allows other people to go through consciousness expansions in their own way. So the ripples kind of start to ripple out just by making that decision. I'm going to do my best to connect to the authentic eternal beingness that is who I am, to connect to love, connect to compassion, connect to these universal energies and the outside world will naturally transform over a period of time. Yes. And I agree with you so much. Oh, I'm so glad that I was able to do this interview with you. And yes, it's I, been I'm so <laughs> beautiful. I really loved it. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that nobody else could be here, but it grateful that we were still able to do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, beautiful. And we trust that. We trust yeah. that it was just, yeah, the two of us right. on this beautiful journey. And really um, thanking everyone who tuned in to today. Thank you for uh, being with us. And if there's any questions or comments, please write them in the comment section below and we'll, we'll answer them and get back to you in whatever way we can. Yeah. And how would you like people to contact you if they do want to get in touch? Probably the best way is if it's through my website, it's lionheartcoaching.com.au. If uh, you're on Facebook, find me on Authenticity Speaks as a group. I'm very active in there and put a lot of different posts and there's a lot of amazing materials and useful courses and trainings, but also just what's going on at this time that people can get a lot of benefit around i think that's those are probably the two best ways i will close it up there again awesome thank you thank you <laughs> i appreciate it and i apologize for the miscommunication and it's all good we made it yes we, we did it. let me know when it's done and how thank you for listening to the council of greg links and show notes 
for this episode are located at www.councilofgreg.com. If you like the podcast, please share on social media and don't forget to subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you in the mystery. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.